Welcome back, Day Drinking with Dog. It is February 21st, 2023. I have a really cool show for you guys today. Um, fresh off my little mini vacation up in Hunter, New York. Uh, it is really weird being up there this time of year with not actually a piece of snow on the ground. Uh, but it was good. I got to play four holes of golf in really windy weather with one club. And I shot a three over. So I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> with a sandwich. <laughs> uh, today I have one of my OG... Original guest, not gangster, original guest, uh, back on the show. It's almost like two years to the day. I wish I kind of researched it a little bit, but it was right around the All-Star game because we were talking about LeBron, yep. and I hadn't uh, moved into the studio yet, so Corey Shoup from Wines and More. Oh, no, it's just Corey Shoup. We don't yeah, need the Wines thanks. and More yet today. Yeah. You, can, you can promote your stuff. I'm done promoting you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have time <laughs> it. It's about two years. You were like my first sponsor, too, really. I used to, yeah. yeah you used, you used to, to give me like little half bottles of booze to yeah, try you, in the you show. Now. You moved on. You got all this other stuff, and yeah, you got all this swag in the Yeah, and a lot of swag. I got new swag today. We'll get to that. In a second, yes. Um, and to my left is Tony Vitti, uh, former cop, never Gangster. busted my balls. <laughs> Tony, how you doing? Good, Jim. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, absolutely. You are representing today the Rape Crisis Center, correct? Yes, I'm the executive director. I've been there eight years. Eight years. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Flying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When did you retire uh, from the police department? Uh, 2014. Oh, so there's your eight years and almost yeah. nine now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm pretty good at math. Yeah. Uh, and to my right is Jennifer. Uh, Paradis. Yeah, you got it. Paradis? One of those. Come on. Paradis. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right in like... I, I know, I got it right earlier. And then you panicked. And then so, I panicked. So we were talking before, I said, I don't know if it's French, maybe Paradis. Yeah, sorry. it is. All right. You yeah. All right. I don't know. Uh, sorry, I botched it a little bit. Uh, but I look at it, and I always think of Hennessy Paradis, the, the liqueur, yes, or yes. the cognac. Yes. And that's because I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, well, welcome. And you are representing the Bethel Center today. Yes. And you guys are all here because you're here for Barrels for a Cause. Uh, so who wants to talk about what it, you want to talk about yeah, that I'll first? I'll start off. All right. Um, so what had happened, we had got together and wanted to do good with bourbon. Uh, bourbon is very, very popular right now. It's going through this wild explosion. I'm along for the ride, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I have been. So, so you know, at, as Wines & More, we've already established a, a, a pretty a pretty big group of whiskey drinkers, and we buy barrels of bourbon quite often. Whether it's 10 barrels a year, 15 a year, that depends on it, you know, where we find good juice. Right. So... In 2022, it was a while ago now, this has been pretty much a 14-month pro, uh, yeah. kind of journey, I think, um, I reached out to both of them and said, hey, why don't we get together, pick a barrel, go up to Litchfield to keep it local, Litchfield uh, Distillery in Litchfield, Connecticut, yep. and let's go find a barrel. And what's unique about the process is we bought one barrel, and then both of them got to decide what cask they wanted to send it to to finish it. So... We're, we've created two unique whiskeys uh, in this process. Uh, so we went up there and picked. Uh, Tony went with the rum cask finish. Yeah, absolutely. And Jen with the port. The sherry. The sherry cask, sherry, I'm sorry. Sherry cask. The sherry cask. Um, so then they rested in those barrels for another, uh, I believe, seven months yeah. we got out of them. And we went back up there recently and tasted them. And they delicious. are delicious. 
So that was the work to make the whiskey happen, and then around that is really where they came in uh, with uh, with getting it together um, at Stapa Vineyards and getting all the charity stuff together, the donations, and everything it takes to put together a high touch event. And I think I know that's what we've uh, what we've created here. So that's kind of like a thirty thousand foot view of how we are here. Thirty thousand foot view. I like it. Yeah. So it's at Stapa Vineyards in Orange. Uh, it's on March 9th. Mm-hmm. That's Thursday a night. Thursday night, yeah. right, right before the parade. Ooh. Right before the parade. People yeah. will be ready. Yeah. Nice little pregame. Nice primer. Milky Parade. That's right. March yeah. 11th. March 11th. <laughs> Fucking early this year. Big weekend for you. Whatever. <laughs> I can do all this shit blindfolded at this point. Yeah. Tony coming in with his crew. Ah! You know, like, <laughs> all right, Tony, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, does your wife still drink the... Um, uh, Malibu babies. Yes, I can't believe you know that. <laughs> See, I know, I know everything. It's That's absolutely so embarrassing hard. when we go somewhere. It's like, Can I get a Malibu babies? And the guy's like, "Okay." Let me call my grandmother. <laughs> I feel like it's better than like an amaretto or like something like that, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, so to go a little bit further about the event, and I'll let I'd like love for you two to jump in. Um, but it was really just a way to use again the bourbon as the vehicle to raise money for two causes that are doing work directly in our community. Um, something we focus on is to be um, very active in our community. And we've already had existing relationships with both these organizations through, um, I think, Cocktails Through a Cause was one of that. Yeah, absolutely. And During as, COVID. As, as well as mm. a personal relationships with both uh, before um, all this. So this seemed like a perfect fit. And I hope it's been a pleasant experience for everyone. I know How I had a blast. Complain? Really? <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember you approached me last March mm-hmm. about something like this. Now, I know these things don't happen overnight, and they yeah. take a really long time to organize and get everybody on board, obviously. Uh, so how long is the... Let's talk bourbon for now. Sure. How long has the bourbon been aging in these barrels? Yeah, and, so... And this will be the, the premiere night of it, correct? It right. is. Yes. It is. It's an exclusive release. Um, again, handcrafted, really handcrafted. We got to um, taste it, distill it from Litchfield. That is their standard mash. They use a high rye mash fill that can bore you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it just means that the, the rye content is a little bit higher than most bourbon whiskeys. Uh, so roughly around 20%. And the rest is corn and malted barley. Uh, from there, and they're, they're sourcing local grains. Uh, they use a barrel company. Uh, I think it's Independent Stave is the barrel company. So they make their whiskey there on site. They get the barrel shipped in from that cooperage, and then they fill it, and they let it lay down in their warehouse for four years. Oh, wow. All Litchfield Distillate is at least four years old. Uh, they have some other programs that are a little bit older, but you can pretty much trust all their stuff is going to be uh, four years old. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So you said, so you chose, this. now we had the one on the table we have here is an example of pretty much what you're going to get yeah, yeah. from so Tony's one. side of the aisle, which yeah. was the rum cask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is so it a dark is... rum cask? Is it a... It... Well, that barrel actually was picked one year ago when we went up with uh, with both the organizations to pick their barrel yeah. because uh, I was walking around the, the Rick House and we had noticed the uh, other fellow that was with me, John, he's a part of the whiskey... Lovers Club at the shop, and uh, we looked at that barrel and we recognized it as a very special rum barrel. Um, we're not supposed to say this, but I recognize the barrel as a four-square rum barrel, and four-square makes the best rums in the world, if you ask me. They're from Barbados. 
So as we were up there trying to find their barrel, I just pointed to that barrel and said, hey, Pete Baker, the owner of Litchfield, um, can I taste that? And we ended up buying two barrels that day. Yeah. Um, I had no intentions of it, but that is what's in front of you. That is a four-square rum barrel cask finish Litchfield four-year distillate. Right. And I, I just noticed uh, the one that didn't really want any just finished her glass. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up with Tony, so I've learned, yeah. my, learned my way over the wow. past. Like, <laughs> oh, arrows already. Yes, it's okay. Let's That's keep right. going. Well, on that note, uh, Jen, let's start with you then. So you're representing the Bethel Center. So yeah. I don't kind of give a brief history of you know how you guys got involved with this, what you guys do actually in general, because not everyone everyone knows the name, but not everyone really knows what, what sure. you guys do for uh, for everybody down there. Yeah, so um, the Bethel Center has been a part of the Milford community um, for 40 years. We provide crisis response services to people experiencing homelessness and hunger. And um, So we served over 500 individuals last year in our emergency shelter programs. Um, 65% of those are from uh, those uh, guests are from Milford. So, um, so the work that we do is really responding to <laughs> There was an accident. <laughs> I got it on camera, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and it wasn't um, me. <laughs> core, core. There's napkins um, right outside. Uh, I'll dry out. Well, I would like you to clean my oh, mic yeah. off. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dry off. <laughs> Forget your equipment. <laughs> um, so, uh... Yeah, so the work that we do is really supporting people that are from this community and surrounding communities who are struggling with serious things like right. housing insecurity and, and hunger. Um, and so I really enjoy being asked to participate in an event like this because, um, you know, I realize that the work that we do feels like it is about other people. Like, you know, maybe you don't know somebody directly who's experienced homelessness or who's, uh, you know, suffered from hunger a day right. in their life. Maybe you do. But for a lot of people, that feels very far away those are those are other problems and For other sure. things and what i really like about partnering in, in things like this is like this is about bringing a community of people together and realizing we have so much in common and we all want the same things for our community. Like we want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want people to be able to thrive. Um, and, um, and so the center is, you know, moved over the past several decades, um, into just like being a, an organization that's not just exclusive to the people that need them, but being an active community member and making sure that we are promoting and supporting um, businesses like Wines and More and working with our partners um, like Great Crisis Center. Excellent, excellent. And it is interesting you say that, that you know, we think in Milford, oh, everything's good, and I was exposed to this through helping out with... Um, I think it was from the kids. Mm -hmm. I was helping out a little bit, mm -hmm. and, and, and right, and a little bit of the, even the Chamber of Commerce, the essays for the grants, yeah. right, grading those, and you got to see that wow, there's people in this town that need help. Yeah, and from the outside, you know, you don't really see it, but uh, they're everywhere. Everybody around us, you know, can use a hand. So uh, absolutely, well yeah. said. I, you know, I think the outreach that that's done now is way different than it was done 10, 20 years ago. And I think. Folks are way more educated about everything that goes on, and it's talked about, and people mm -hmm. share their stories, and and that's how these things, uh, working with Bethel, and you know, hands off, to, hands done, whatever. I can't talk anymore. But hands to, to, to Corey. I mean, he's always involved in everything, uh, and supporting organizations like ours because truly, 
our fundraisers and, and our and our support that we get from the communities allows us to provide all our services at no cost mm. to victims and their families. Right. Um, and you know that's you know the, if someone calls our center today, they get seen today. There's no we'll see in three months. It's today. Uh, our victims are first, and their families are first priority. Um, and they get seen whether it's two o'clock in the morning or you know, o'clock in the afternoon. Can you explain how the center works? Um, as far as like, all right, let's say you're a rape victim. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, lots of stuff I've read or heard about is women don't even report it a lot of times, uh, or or vice versa, and. So, what I mean is, like, is that should they come to you first? Should they do police? Should like, or what? What? what are you a certain way along the process, or are you? Uh, how does it? How does it work? So, we when have, should they call you? So we cover seven towns. Okay, we're Milford, Orange, West Haven, and the entire valley. Uh, we work closely with the police departments. We work closely with the area hospitals, and we can. We have a twenty four seven crisis hotline. Uh, on that hotline, it gets covered from 5 p.m. until 7.30 in the morning by volunteers. We have a volunteer core of 30 individuals that go through a training program that become uh, certified in the state of Connecticut. Uh, they do the same role as we do during the day. Mm -hmm. Without those 30 folks, those volunteers, there's no way that we could provide that kind of service. So. I always say that every time I, I speak to someone, without those volunteers, we couldn't do what we can. And, and it, it, we're so uh, grateful to those folks that, that get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go to the Milford Police Department or go to Shelton Police Department or go to Griffin Hospital right. or Yale. Right. So without them, it, it, it's very difficult. Um, so we're there from the beginning. I call it the beginning. Whether that's if they're at the hospital or if they're at a police department or they just decided to call our hotline which is covered by a volunteer or a staff member 24 hours a day. Um, and last year we did approximately uh, 700 cases in our seven towns. Wow. And out of those 700, we probably had 130, 140 of children under 18. Wow. So, you know, we talk about things that don't want to get talked about, you know. Right. Uh, but with our with our outreach, us we're in every school system in our seven towns. We provide prevention uh, to all our students from kindergarten all the way up to twelfth grade. Uh, we have two advocates at the University of New Haven. Um, we, we try to, to send our message out as best we can. During COVID, we were on social media every single day yeah. uh, to let people know that we're here, and all they have to do is call that number, and they're going to talk to someone. That's awesome. So Tony's uh, program touches uh, in Orange, where my kids go to school, and I firsthand got to you know witness it from a parent's perspective, and it it not only was wonderful for my daughter who's seven in mm -hmm. first grade, mm -hmm. uh, it came home right. So I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. It came home with a packet, and it ended up you know things you may not want to talk about, right? So. That's what that did. It brought up in our in, in our house, and you're able to handle that as a parent as you see fit. But you know your program gives guidance. So when my daughter comes home and has these questions, um, you know that little packet you sent home, it uh, it kind of gave us you know, arrows in our quiver as a parent to handle that conversation 
um, with a, a seven-year-old little girl in my case. So, so I'm grateful. It's, it's helped me, um, you know, touch my family. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we try to include everyone. We try to include um, the school administrators, the school staff. We do trainings to the school administrators and staff um, to be able to, if a, if a small person decides that that person's important and they can they can mm-hmm. trust them and share them, they know how to handle that to make sure that it's done in a trauma-informed way where it doesn't re-victimize the child. Um, and as far as, you know, the packet going home, it, it's we're not going to get done in that 45 minutes that we do that presentation. It's about the parents following up on it. We give them the resources. They have the ability to call us and talk to us about the program. I called uh, You did call me, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, which, which we love that. We love the fact that parents are involved in their children's lives and we give the, the, the kids, the students, those tools to keep them safe. Um, you know, to look out for these uh, red flags. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And obviously you have a police background. I do. Uh, I you've been retired the, for 12 and a half years now. Uh, no. I'll never. Eight years. Eight so. years. <laughs> I spent 22 and a half years. Oh, oh, I know what 12 years was. Yes. The other story I wanted My to other tell. Story. Yes. Uh, we'll get that in a while. Let's okay. keep on this note for a second. But so, with the police background and all that stuff, uh, you obviously know the process is going in. And, yeah. And what, uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be difficult at you know at first when you see the people, but at some point it's, it's got to feel a little rewarding to get somebody through this whole process and become to know them and and see what kind of person they are. And it, it's still devastating what happened to them. But if it's not for groups like you, then these people may never get out of the hole that they were de- you know mm. fell in. Really, it was not we, their we fault. We try to support every person that walks into the center, uh, but you know as I always say to folks. Uh, outside of the, uh, the arena, you know, those victims drive the train. They yeah. decide what they want to do, how they want to do it, what what those steps are, how long those steps are going to take, and and you know that's their right. And hopefully, we empower them, and um, they get the help they need. Yeah. Now, Jed, do you two work together outside of this? Yeah. You guys kind of uh, find each other talking yeah i mean unfortunately when you're experiencing um something like uh, a sexual assault or when something like homelessness you know often there's kind of the intersection of all the uh, many issues happening at one time and so i think what milford really does very well and other and in partnership with all the surrounding towns is making sure that there is that other agency who's a subject matter expert right. can step in and respond to the next you know, crisis right. or the next emergency in that person's life. Um, so oftentimes we get folks that are at our center who are in need of the services of a crisis um, and vice versa. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and that really is, is really, really important to that person. You talk about like not uh, like having a system that doesn't re-victimize the person experiencing it, uh, experiencing it, um, their, their situation kind of through it homelessness um, is a traumatic situation in and of itself as well. And so whenever we can um, streamline processes, make things more simple, um, show that the social safety net is in communication right. with one another, yeah, um, then um, then that person feels more taken care of, more stable, um, more safe, I think is really like, yeah. you know, that people are looking out for them. Um, and that this will be, you know, in their past in due time. You know, I think when we are experiencing something big um, like that, you know, you're, you're like, this is my whole world. Will, will you know, will right. I ever have anything else? And it's like, you know, Thankfully, uh, we have systems in place where um, if you have a traumatic event like this, 
um, we try to make it in our system and in homelessness, we say rare, brief and non-recurring. So we try to make sure that if that um, tragic event does happen to you, that we're taking care of it as quickly as possible. And I imagine it's the same in your space too. And the collaboration that we have, uh, like you said, uh, you know, we have clients that that are in need of housing, you know, who I reach out to, reach out to the expert. Right. Right. Um, and, And vice versa. And that's what we do with all our community partners. Uh, I was just going to say, there's a, there's a lot, there's a big circle yeah, of that, there's right? A, there's, a, there's many community partners, and, and we utilize all those services. And then you two use Corey to get the booze to <laughs> decompress on your day. Yes. Of- <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a partner. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he is a partner. Yes, yeah. certainly. Without, yeah. those, without the, all that help that we get from uh, folks like Corey, Milford Bank, yeah. Milford Bank is another one that, that's always out in the community. Uh, it's just, it would be impossible for us to, I think, yeah. to, to, survive on just funding that we get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that there's the assumption out there that these are kind of social services or these are like kind of government, pseudo-government services, and therefore like the those budgets, those immediate services are taken care of. Um, I mean, in reality, that's just not the case. I mean, our our budget um, is about 30, so our primary funder is, is Department of Housing, and that's only about 30% of the total budget that we, that of the costs associated with operating our programs. Right. And so we're fundraising, we're building relationships, we're grant writing um, for the, the, the other 70% yeah. of that pie. And so, you know, when I'm, whenever I'm asked, like, what is that one thing that you want to communicate to people? It's like... I want to communicate that this is everybody's problem to solve. You know, this sure. is all all hands on deck when it comes to like the prevention work around right. our crisis response. Right. And and, and, and truly, that that's one hundred percent accurate. That, and that's why our supporters are are always up by our side, mm-hmm. and and they help with uh, fundraising, and they they attend our events, and so we try to put on the, the best uh, function, the best event. And and show it that there there's their their funding is, is going to good use. Right. It's helping victims. It's it's helping uh, regardless of what the issue is. Um, and I think for me, as you said before, it absolutely is rewarding for me. Yeah. Um, you know, to see someone from point A and end up at Z is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, we we had a therapy dog, uh, Lily. And she was in the office, and someone would come in. You would see an absolute change in that person by just petting Lily. Uh, it's just, and it's comforting to that person. And those little things, um, you know, as victims go to the hospital, we provide a bag with all the clothing and mm-hmm. toiletries and right. shoes, and because most investigations. Uh, they take all that stuff. The police department sees yeah. all that. Yeah. So, you know, we certainly don't ever want somebody to walk out without, you know, dignity. And, and right. Exactly. Right. So, you know, those are, those are all little small things that happen every single day. And without the support of the communities around us and folks like Corey, they just, and you, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult. And that those things can all happen at the same time. Like, I think that, like, yeah, you can have a really fun event that's about, like, promoting this delicious bourbon and, and at a vineyard and that you're doing raffles, you're having delicious food, you're you're laughing and joking and having a great time. And you can be doing really serious work at the same time. Like, I think it goes hand in hand. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. 
I mean, that's what life's all about, ups and downs. But if you guys are, you know, you guys are really doing a great job for the communities around here, uh, you just, one, you deserve a night like that, you know, for the hard work that you guys do. And two, it's obviously, but it is for a purpose as well. You know, it's still, it's it's still work, to be honest with you, you know, and you guys put a lot of work in to make it happen. And uh, so we'll get to that. So it's, it's Saturday, the... Ninth or th- sorry Thursday the ninth yeah. um, at Strapa Vineyards. It's a hundred dollars a ticket. But Corey, why don't you read what what you get for that hundred dollars? Or you, you don't have to read it. You probably I don't know. Oh, you know uh, what I know is yes. Uh, one, you're gonna have a great time. Uh, yes, if you haven't been to Strapa, and that's priceless. Yes. <laughs> you can't. So, so I, I believe right. All the proceeds are gonna be able to go. Both to you guys, right? Yeah, yep. it's working out with fundraising. Yeah. It seems to be shaping up. So, yeah. um, all those people that are active in the community, and I trust Tony because he's making all his money on these huge sales that's and, right. and his other <laughs> line of work. So, that's <laughs> it. That's it. he closed the deal on the way in the door. <laughs> he closed the deal. Um, yeah, so all the money is uh, is gonna is gonna go to them, and um, it's at Stapa Vineyards in uh, in Orange on uh, Route Thirty Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful venue. Um, Great family again again supported of, of every organization that, that that comes into the door yeah you know it's funny so when we first met to do this um when we collectively met at trivis <laughs> i was in spain we won't mention <laughs> so they're really you blew it off huh of so <laughs> we had first met at trivis to kind of get this going you um, didn't zoom in <laughs> and um you know we were throwing out different venues and tony just said Stapa's the place. Yeah. Um, you know, while we definitely, you know, my, my focus is much more in Milford, right? Because yeah. we do business in Milford. Um, but, you know, the, their organizations reach far, far away. Well, and I us, drive right? from Warren every week uh, to come to your office. Uh, yeah, to the, the office. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, this is an office. There is work to be done. Um, so, so, so when he, uh, when Tony said, hey. No. I don't mean to interrupt. Do you guys yeah. go to the back room where his little sampling room is? Is you that how you guys meet? The craziest thing. You better keep that under wraps. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. I have been there plenty of times. I've been going there for years. And the other day, there was a young lady working there, and she's like, and she's like, I was trying to find a gin. Somebody was coming to my house, and she's like, Oh, well, taste this one. And I was like, oh, I don't want to buy the bottle. She's like, No, no, come in the back. Yeah. And I walk in the back, and I'm like, Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's beautiful back there. Never take me back here. Yeah, yeah well, you know, uh, yeah. There's time for work and time. For work. Uh, so no, yes, we do have a proper kind of tasting setup. Thanks for sure that. Do. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so Tony says staff is the place. And we went with it. And uh, I think it surely is the spot. Uh, everything's come together. So, like you said, it's um, March 9th. Does, does Stapa uh, do the food? Do they cater? No, yeah, yeah, Stapa uh, is doing a wine tasting. Uh, so, they'll talk about, this is going to talk about the bourbon. Uh, Stapa is going to talk about their wines. Uh, the food is being uh, donated by Bridge House. Oh, you. wonderful. Bridge House. Oh, yeah. uh, and those folks are, are, again, supportive of all the functions out there. Uh, so thanks to Frank. Um, and um, I, I think that night with some games, we're going to have some games. We're, we're going to have some games. Music. If you settle on the games, I don't, I, you know what? Don't say it here because everyone will hear it, but I'm excited to see what the games are. I, <laughs> I must admit I missed that email with the games. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's like a really high bar that was just set for these games. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it'll be fun. It'll Simple be stuff games. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be stuff to keep the night yeah. going. Right. And um, and so, and then, yeah, obviously Bridge House. Um, the Milford Bank is the premier sponsor, and so they're kind of allowing us all the proceeds of the ticket sales and stuff like that to come back to the organizations. Um, and we've had, 
you know, probably six or seven raffle baskets come in from various um, yeah. businesses right. and programs nice. and individuals um, that are going to be there for the night too. So you're yeah. walking. You're most likely going to walk out with something that was a part of the okay. event that your ticket your ticket. And I don't know. Did you mention that you actually get a bottle of the yeah, bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, buy the better and right. Better. right. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to so, close. The oh, table. actually, though, is there like a competition between you oh, two? Oh, there is. There yes, is. I so imagine there are so. so many competitions. So yeah. we're going to have to figure out which is the best barrel. Right. Originally, I wanted to call it Battle of the Barrels. Okay. This whole concept. Yeah. It was more about raising money. So we went with, you know, Barrels for the barrels Cause. For the cause. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we will find out who picked the best barrel. I already know. I'm that, already leaning. But. This way. You know, that's just one person's opinion. Yes. Um, as I sit in front of a rum cask that I picked. But, um, <laughs> um, no, it's it's going to be great. And, yeah, and we buy a ticket uh, in that $100. It comes with all the things that we mentioned. Uh, and you also get a bottle, so you're going to be full able to bottle, choose a full size bottle, a full seven fifty. <laughs> like yeah, you should say not like a little mini the bottle. The bottle you see on the table. You're getting a full bottle, and, and that's where all these sponsors that. Um, and can we say please don't open the bottles at the oh, event? Yeah, <laughs> Right. That's, that's not a good idea. Well, we're yeah. going to fix that because we're going to give out the bottle at the end. At the end, yeah. 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 yeah, that's compliance. Just give me the key to your cars. Yeah, I'll put it in the trunk. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you get a full bottle. You get to choose which bottle when you purchase your ticket, um, which bottle you want uh, to support either uh, organization. And then after the event does go live, uh, we will have the bottles at Wines and More to purchase. And um, ten dollars of every bottle will go directly to them. Yeah. Isn't that after amazing? The event. Yeah. Like that is just you've thought this through so much, and it's so thoughtful. Like that you would that this is you're using your platform for basically everything that you can do to support to support thank us. You. So thank you. You're welcome. It's fun. It really is fun. It um, is fun. Uh, I definitely love what I do, so I'm happy to do it. For you know, sure. I, I gotta say, I never knew that liquor stores. Went out to different distilleries yeah. and tried different casks. Well, the good, the good ones do. I'm like, yeah. Don't you just call the distributor and take a seventy ten case? Yeah. Well, that happens too. That yeah. happens. Too. I mean, that's just really cool. Is that? And it's a fun way to work. That's yeah. been an interesting now, like thing to learn. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. I learned a lot. Tell my bride that I'm going to Louisville for a week and calling it work. Well, then that's a different conversation. But, uh, it is work. I think going um, to Milford is, is a different conversation. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I, I don't want to call him out. Whenever I see Corey at Stonebridge by himself, like, wipes away, huh? He goes, oh, I got a couple things. <laughs> it's, so, it's okay. She knows where I'm at. It, it just happens. She's got that Life 360. Uh, networking. Yes, but, you know, he knows. Coming to see knows. me is not networking. I get, usually a couple, couple two, two, three times a year, I end up at Stonebridge on a weekend, and it's because uh, you know. But he's but he's good though. It's Saturday night and the summer, and he's like, "All right, I got about an hour and a half till the kids get here." It's fucking load me up three gooses. Well, Let's get I'll the hell out of here. So funny. So the first time I went and did that, I went to go see Jay on the uh, you know, on the outside under the tent where they where he always is, and um, about ten o'clock, and I'm still there, and I notice that this place is filling up. But there's this halo near me. He goes, oh, you got the old man halo. <laughs> they, just, they just give you room, yeah. kids. So I literally had, it was a full bar. He could stretch out. And I had three feet left and right, and he's, because I look... I love this. Yeah. See, I'm not yeah. mad about one no? bit at this. Like, I want, I want, like, no lines to the bathroom. Uh-huh. I want, like... It's true. It's, yeah. one, it's one of the things I miss about COVID, was, like, I went to a Red Sox game, 
mm-hmm. and it was they were at twenty five percent capacity, and like there was never a line to anything. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome, yeah. just awesome. You know, it sucks for the people working there. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and whatever. But I'm like, it's really kind of nice not having to deal with all this shit. But yeah. up in the Northeast, man, no matter where you go, especially you know now that COVID's over, pretty much it's it's fucking. Yeah. People our age, it sucks. <laughs> and I gotta go to the bathroom after every second beer. <laughs> we're record. We're not go there. have a nice dinner. Core, how old are you? Home by your six down. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, 36. Friday night. Friday 36? night is like, yeah, I need like 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're 36? 36. Okay. I'm going right. to be 36 this year. So. Oh, yeah, two 36ers. I told him I'm not even going to ask it. Don't worry. You should just double it. He was 36 <laughs> when he retired from the first job, right? Somewhere no, it was there. like 46. Never mind. <laughs> Holy cow. So, Tone, you have uh, a really fascinating story that I know everyone in this room knows and everyone that knows you knows, but not everyone that listens to my show knows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talk five minutes about it because I, 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 rem- I just remember... It was what? It was twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, yeah. You were in Italy. No, no. I See, in, I don't. You already missed the story. Yeah, no, no, no. I had go, come back from Italy. I was come up, back from Italy. I knew there was yeah, something was, in there. Yeah. Come back from Italy, and uh, I was working my usual deal, and you know, went fishing with my son, and just didn't feel right. And then uh, a couple of days later, I end up going to a cardiologist, and next thing I'm in an ambulance, and they're putting needles in my neck, and. Go right to cardiac cath lab and speed forward to a life star three days later, going to Hartford Hospital, and then a month later, a heart transplant. Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah. And uh, never sick a day in my life. Just uh, right. my heart function went from normal to five. Uh, was there something five. in your own body or something maybe? Uh, it was a virus. A I virus, got a virus, yeah, you caught something? They, from what my docs tell me, there's only a 94 documented cases since 1904. So it was really the lotto that I didn't want to win. Right. Yeah. Well, like probably said, a lot of those other cases didn't make it, though. Yeah, that's right. That's probably why they they, uh, they said that uh, there's so few cases because most times you just don't wake up the next morning. That's right. It. Right. Yeah, so, so I, you know, listen, the the, the folks at uh, Doctor Donahue at Rayfields versus the, mm. you know everybody at Hartford Hospital, they were the best. Uh, I still keep in touch with my doc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the he's the best. Um, and uh, knock on wood, I do what they tell me most of the time. <laughs> I think my whole bourbon's in yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diet. Uh, uh, yeah. funny part about it, one of my docs said, uh, listen, uh, no drinking for at least a year, and I'm like, okay, whatever you want, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> save my life, <laughs> water for my life, right, whatever right. you want, yeah. and then I. Uh, my other doc, my main. So at day three sixty four, I'm yeah. sitting there. <laughs> so, so it's funny that the, the year to the day, uh, at my doctor's appointment, I was like, Doc, I'm going out to dinner tonight. Can I just have one cocktail? He's like, What are you talking about? So the nurse who takes care of me, Lynn, who's the best, uh, says, Yeah, doctor so and so told him that uh, he can't drink. And this guy was like, his hands folded. He goes, What's life without alcohol? <laughs> oh, good, he goes, You're good to go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that night I had an espresso martini and uh, it was fantastic. Did you like lie awake all night being like, I hope nothing bad happens? <laughs> well, the only time I lied awake was when I fell asleep and I forgot to take my meds and I thought I was going to check out until I texted my nurse at like five in the morning. She's like, relax, you're fine. Oh <laughs> my gosh. The terrifying. Oh, man. No, listen, it was. Uh, there's so many good people in this world. Uh, you know, mm. back then you talk about support. There was two communities that uh, that really put together a fundraiser. Uh, yeah, I remember it. And you know, it's and that's why you always gotta 
give back to folks because at some point in your life you might be that point guy that that needs it and so that's what I do what I do I give I give to whatever I can and I support everybody and um, I go up to Hartford Hospital and I talk to folks waiting for a heart transplant really and, that's awesome. uh, yeah. wow that's awesome that's cool that's, that's something I didn't know that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah Excellent. Because you don't know. You, you, don't, you right. don't know until you're in that boat. Right. I mean, it was sounds like it was just like that. Oh, yeah. I was done. Do you wow. remember any of it outside of, like, you remember being in Lifestar? Do you remember all that? I remember being on, they're putting me on Lifestar, and I go, hey, it's cold. And I think the guy said, okay, I had enough of this guy, and he knocked me out. He's complaining about the Oh, man. The people that I met over the way at Hartford Hospital, like, there was this her name was Maria and she was like my mother and she took care of me like you wouldn't believe you know? mm. she must have been Italian she legit was yep. <laughs> and my father flew in from Italy because obviously I wasn't doing too well at the time and uh, the night I was having surgery she says come on you're going to go home my house you're going to go to sleep I live five minutes away when they're done I'm going to bring you back come on yeah wow I mean you, that's, you, don't, you don't find that that's people yeah, I mean, those yeah. are real people yeah. those are and you know the I'm sure everybody has bad stories too, but I yeah. can never talk one word bad about right. the folks up at Hartford Hospital. They're yeah. really fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Shout out to them. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cheers. 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 How does she have an empty glass um, again? I, because I have like a little sipper. Like I'm like a sipper. Can I ask the... Uh, uh, is that an automatic? Do you have um, is that meetings the rest of the day? Or are you done? <laughs> I have... Did you clear your schedule? I hope so. I did not clear my schedule. I have two grants to finish right. writing tonight. Um, so that's what my night is. Thing. And... Um, uh, and then we have testimony at the at the state um, tomorrow, so I have to write that. Um, you know, it's really about figuring out what you do and what people want to fund, and trying to write a convincing application that says this what you are trying to advance is the work that we do. Um, I so. saw you were up in Hartford just recently. Is this the same yeah. focus? Yeah. So there's um. So we have. Kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, we're we're ha- the homeless response system is having kind of a big issue right now. We're we're homelessness has increased by forty percent in the past two years. We see um, it right in Milford. Um, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and um, and the funding that we receive um, uh, is the same level of funding dating back to twenty fifteen. So our purchasing power, our ability to execute services, you know, in in um, the best way and high quality way that that we know, it just it's getting harder and harder um, on a daily basis. Um, And so we do a lot of advocacy. A huge part of my job is around advocacy to be talking about the issues, telling the stories of the people that we see, um, showing what the gaps in the services are, because um, there are a lot. You need to rely on a lot of different things in order to go from homeless to house. And if one of those things is not properly funded or isn't correctly, you know, kind of administrated, then you're starting back at the beginning again. And right. how frustrating is that? Right. So um, tomorrow is uh, a public hearing um, determining homelessness as a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you see anything increase by 40% over a year, you start to ask questions about what, it, what about this is the reason. These aren't, you know... An additional ten thousand people who, you know, made the wrong decisions in their life, right? Yeah. Like that's what we often think of. Like somebody's experiencing homelessness. What did they do? Um, and in fact, these are 
just people. They're teachers. They're right. police officers. Yeah. They're you know, they, they are folks that you know just couldn't make ends meet, and they kept trying to figure it out. And um, and and they used every dollar and every resource they had, and then they turned to us. And so, so yeah. So that's that's tomorrow. Um, I said it should be good. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see them. And they're and they're so competitive. There's so many agencies yeah. that, that are looking for the same amount of money and mm, the same right. funds and. Uh, you know that's the that's the other hardest part is is even like when we do a fundraiser here in our area, we try to make sure that we're, we're not always going to the same folks because you know those those folks are working hard also and you know it's right. it's it's a it's a balance. Right. Do you both collectively make sure you have strong connections with our local representatives? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So James locally, Maroni. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's been to our so office and right. you know we've talked and. You know, he's asked us our concerns, and you know, the, those things are—it's uh, all part of what we do. And it mm. just—and and my staff is there's ten of us, ten full-time employees, yeah. mm-hmm. and we cover the gamut. And you know, we talked about the community education. We do twelve to fourteen thousand students a year. Wow. Um, so you know, it, it's—we stretch out thin, and but again, like I said, the, the first thing is our victims. Um, yeah. That, that's what we do first. And, and what's interesting to say is, that, you know, uh, Jen said that it's 40 years for Beth Eller Shelter. Next year will be 50 years for rape crisis. That's so, yeah. that's, so, you know, hopefully next year we're going to have a nice uh, uh, gathering to yeah. to show that 50 years of service. And, yeah. you know, that's great to everybody that started this organization back in 1974 to, to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awesome. And, and to bounce off your point, I think a lot when it comes to homelessness, you know, now we, we see, you know, the homeless people in downtown Milford, right? You know, I walk out of work every night in the summer and they're they're camped under the building that they haven't torn down yet in those little cubby holes and I've brought them pizza at the end of the night and, you know, I've had my run-ins with them, but for the most part, I don't know their story. Like, I do know one guy that's a, a homeless in Milford I've known for a long time. He hangs out in front of uh, Total Wine. Not, uh, yeah, Total Wine. He hangs out in the corner shop, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever I drive by him, I just, you know. But he comes in and he gets a beer and he tips me a dollar back, you know. And like, but I, I, I know him. Like, I know him as a person, and he's the nicest guy in the world. And I've had some run-ins with the guys. There's one story. We were walking out of work one night, Sunday night after my long weekend. And these guys, like I said, we get pizza sometimes. They take it sometimes. They don't. I mean, it's really late, so I don't really feel like having a conversation with anybody I just want to go home mm-hmm. but we always have this leftover food and I know they're there I don't want to throw it to the ducks like, yeah. you know these guys are hungry I'm, don't I'm feed the thinking. ducks don't you know oh yeah there's shit really all over the patio PSA like don't feed the ducks apparently I'm learning too but so don't feed the ducks there was a brochure that came I, out I, like, I know. I'm being you know, honest six years ago <laughs> I digress so so I'm walking out and we're, it's like four of us and we're just talking heading to our car <laughs> the dude just starts screaming at me, get the fuck out of my bedroom. Something like that. He must have been drunk. And I'm like, what? He goes, you're being too loud. Get out of my house. And I'm like, dude, I just gave you pizza last week, bro. Like, settle down. Mm. So then the next morning, I'm walking into work. Richie's driving out of the driveway. He's pulled, he rolls his window. That was my owner. He rolls his window down. He goes, hey, Jer. I go, what? Why are you harassing the? I forget what the guy. Scott, why are you harassing Scott? He's in like a wheelchair. I go harassing him. He fucking. I didn't even know he was there. He screamed at me. I was being too loud. 
He goes, you got to be nice to those guys. I go, I am. I give them pizza all the time. Like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I'll just be nice to them. I said, all right, well, you know, you got, you got plenty of space in your house. You, you got guns at twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, whatever. But, like, I guess my point is, like, you just don't know. You don't. And, you know, yeah. and everyone probably has that stereotypical view in their head of what a homeless person is. It's like somebody that's sleeping in that cubby hole every night of the week to get out of the rain and do all this stuff. Where you just mentioned it could be a police officer. It could, you know, it could be somebody that, you know, the credit got out of hand and, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. just in major One debt. life event. I mean, yeah. you think right. about like yeah. one life event. in yeah. Turkey and Syria and stuff oh like God. that. It's Did like you see the crater that they that created? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Jesus. Hundreds of thousands of people, right? And, yeah. And so, you know, I think it's important when we, like, start to think about things like this that we try to push ourselves to say, okay, that is one person. I am one person. You know, people experiencing homelessness are as diverse as we are. And right, that's correct. just... I think the most important thing that Jeremy said and you just said is they're a person. Yeah. Right. They're a person that had an event in their life that put them in that position. And I think it's on us to guide someone through that. Yeah. And really, I think, and I'm on my soapbox now, but like, it's really like when we are... Um, what we are mad at, if, if you're somebody who has an emotional reaction to seeing homelessness, like you are fearful or you're mad, like you should be mad at the fact that that person needs a shelter bed and there is Correct. that one right. to be had, Absolutely. you know, I mean, we have wait lists of 100%. hundreds of people, you know, and so that's, that's where the anger comes from, or that's right. when the you know, fear comes from. It's like, don't let that individual speak for the failure of a system or the shortcomings of a system that um, really, like, as you heard me say, you know, needs more support to be able to respond to the increasing level of need. Right. So it's like, don't let that person wear all that. Yes. I, mean, I retired eight years ago i can drive down the street anywhere in milford and some and somebody would yell out the window hey vd what's up and because i i worked with a, i was with those guys all the time like when i walked milford center on midnights here comes the big head big head todd open that door <laughs> this door the bottom line is this <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm done. No, I'm we want to hear. No, but it's like I knew all those guys. Those guys, those guys know me by yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, when I taught there in school. Like I go to now, these kids are like thirty years old. They're like, hey. He was a celebrity cop before I it was a thing. Officer Steve, Sir Officer Steve. Exactly. Officer Steve. He's always yeah. he stopped by to see me the other day, but yeah, yeah. So I wanted that you know that we're sitting here is kind of came up. I kind of off script, I guess, for lack of a better word. But here's the script. You are the right person to ask. NFL on it. the local yeah. blogs, whatever social media outfit, right? Oh, you mean like moms of what, whatever, whatever. Fill, in, fill in the blank, right? That's a great. You'll, you'll see someone bring up every now and then. Should I give this person money? Mm. And then you get such mixed responses. What is the right answer if there is a right answer yeah. when you're faced with that? Yeah, I get this question probably like this is probably the most pop popular question or freak, most frequent question I yeah. get when I'm doing like uh, presentations and stuff like that. And I think it really comes down to what you see as the right thing to do. The the 
there's a, there was a study that came out a couple years ago that showed that the general public's reaction to a panhandler is um, like the 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 brain the the neurological response to seeing somebody who's panhandling is the equivalent of seeing a fire hydrant or a stop sign. Yeah. So when we say humanize them, like that's what we mean. It's like this person is not a fire hydrant. This yeah. person is not a stop sign. Like this is another person standing mm-hmm. in front of you. The least you could do is say hello. The least you could do is give sure. a smile. If that's what your personality is. Mm-hmm. If your personality is to like look away and you're not saying hello to your grandmother while you pass her in the grocery store, then like don't be mm-hmm. someone different in front of that person, right? Be you know, be who you are. But we have to start there because mm-hmm. you know that that's that's just baseline, baseline humanity. But you know, everybody has a kind of a different a, approach or what they feel like is most um, most needed. Some people give money. Some people give nothing. Some people just say hi, right? Or some, uh, I guess not even. But um, some people give money. Some people give food. Some people give water. I always like carry a. I mean, when buses, you know, uh, when folks were paying for buses, I always had like a bus ticket in my wallet that I would give a bus ticket. That's say, a hey, here's how to get to Bethel. Um, and I'd give them my card. That's a wonderful. Idea. Um, yeah, right. You know, but I, I think the bottom line is like when you are like giving something to somebody else, it's a gift, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what they do with it. It is their business. You gifted it. You yeah. no longer have ownership of that dollar or that you know bottle of water or whatever. Like let it go. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah. Yeah. I was I was like 16 in high school, and we took the train down to Manhattan. It was uh, like like our Latin class. I remember it was my Latin teacher did some you know Roman shit around the city. We come back. We come. No, this is like this is like my first panhandler experience. What is Roman stuff around the city? Roman. 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 Oh, Roman. Roman. Like you know, like fucking. I'm thinking this Roman Orthodox Church. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was Latin class. Roman. So we're back. You went to Canal Street. Okay. So we're back. Thank you. Thank you. We're back at. We're back at the train station, and a panhandler approaches me. I'm 16. Yeah. Says, you know, I have any spare change. So I had like two, three bucks in my pocket. I gave it to him. My teacher comes up to me and like grabs my arm and like scolds me, like, you know, scream, don't you do that. This is what New York is and blah, blah, blah. He's just going to go buy booze with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you made a mistake. You're going to learn from this. All this shit, right? I'm just like, fucking, in my arm, it's $3, right? Yeah. This is 30-something years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So 10 minutes goes by. Our train gets called. We're walking down to the plank or the platform and the Dude fucking comes running up to me and he like grabs my shoulder and turns me around. He goes, Bro, thanks. And he's got this huge plate of hot food. Wow. Like from the, like, it's all Asian food and noodles yeah, yeah, and yeah. rice and shit. And he's like, Thanks so That's much, man. That so, that was, <laughs> so that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony was still walking the beat. Think about it. So, like, if you're like But in my head, I was, in, I was influenced by what she said to me what and I kind of stuffed it back in her face. Yeah. I mean, she's not necessarily wrong. He definitely could have gotten booze. But to your point, well, once you give it to him, it's his money. If you gave $3 to another 6 What's he going to get booze they, for $3? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's like that's the point of like don't don't make assumptions when there's just – there's no basis for any of that. Right? Like you don't have any evidence to say that this person – so many – so – what I'll say is that uh, the reason why people experience homelessness, I think the, the uh, most frequently folks think that it's a mental health issue or it's a substance use issue. So much of our work is like debunking kind of what causes homelessness. The, the 
people who are have substance use disorder um, and folks who have mental illness are like a quarter of the population of people that we serve, you know? Right. So yeah, they could need the highest level of services. They could need the most support. They probably are like the kind of the loudest and most visible part of our population. That's a quarter of the population of people that we yeah. serve. Right. And so like, don't let that speak to, you know, what this issue is in general. And don't influence a teenager who's like kind of doing, doing what thing. they think is right, right? right, right. Like, and right. so if and they've been raised the right way, obviously. Right, right. exactly. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, we do um, workshops with kids. We do workshops with kids like all the time. And the first thing that I like really have learned to start with, and I don't know if you've seen this in your stuff in your your presentations too, is just like, what do you know about what we're going to talk about today? Because right. kids are so influenced by everything, everything. that they see, yeah. everything they do. Like I know, I mean, just the other day. A couple months ago, probably now, but the Girl Scout troop, like a Girl Scout, was like, you know, well, my daddy told me not to give him money because he's just going to buy booze with it, like yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And you're like, and, and I said back to her, well, don't we don't want to Corey's business here either. <laughs> well, hold on, did you say Girl Scouts? <laughs> no, I pick up on Girl Scouts. I am selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh, uh, here we go. So this may be. A you got a, you got a QR Scout code. I'll show it on the screen. Here. Now I'll have eighty boxes. <laughs> yeah, of but my, my response. Um, no one in this room has bought cookies yet, so that will change. Mackenzie, if you're listening, my daughter will get some cookies out of this room. Just 10 boxes of tag along. <laughs> yeah. The moral of the story is my response to that, that young girl was, what do you think? Like, right. really, yeah. what do you yeah, think? Right. Like, your dad has one opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think? And she she didn't know. She was, I, I stumped her. But Maybe the dude's full and it's nighttime and now he wants his beer. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know. Who are we to say you can't buy a beer with it? I have friends that will go out of their way, stop and buy food, or yeah. stop at the ATM and get a couple bucks out. And and they won't, they will not drive by unless they acknowledge that person, mm. give them something, whatever it is, if it's a bottle of water, if it's hot out, whether it's four bucks. You know, I have a staff member. She goes to Dunkin' Donuts. She buys $5 gift cards. Mm. And she gives them to f- people, whether they're in the grocery store and they're nice to her at the grocery store, checking her out, putting her groceries in. She gives them the... F- Is this Stephanie? No, it's actually... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Linda. Uh-huh. Um, um, Linda will go and... and she could be somewhere and, and someone does something really nice and she'll give them that Dunkin' Donuts gift card for $5. I mean, that's crazy. It, it's fantastic. No, no, it's, it's really great. Yeah. I have another Marisol in my office. She volunteers for one of the churches and we cook at the, she cooks at the Bethel Shelter. That's like my favorite Saturday morning is to go and like make food for the Bethel Shelter. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like when I go, like I don't want to boil hot dogs. I make like shrimp fried avo. Yeah. Like, like last time we had steak. Here we go. Here we go. Shrimp fried avo. I just got back from so, Sicily. So, that's that's fun stuff. Yeah. Very quick. Very very quick. Real story. So this was a like I think it was like a post. Um, uh, like a post, uh, it might have been like a oyster fest, like kind of thing, and um, and we had live lobsters donated to the center. Oh, wow. And I, I'm a vegetarian, so I was like, oh my god! Like I never I thought, thought fish that was I'd included have to, like, vegetarian. Uh, that was no, the cover that she didn't have one. Uh, so so our soup kitchen, they you know they they prepared it, and so they did like a um, a surf and turf like for oh, like nice. lunch yeah, one yeah, night, yeah. like they did like a lobster yeah. like you know whatever lobster rolls and and 
whatever they did on the hot side. Hot dogs, probably. Hot dogs. Yeah. Like so they did like a surf and turf. So I get a call from a colleague um, from another soup kitchen and was like, our clients are here saying they <laughs> right, serve right. lobster yeah, in your yes. kitchen. And I'm like, we did. That's why no forgets like that, that stigma that about this town. Probably they had the leftover lobster. Yeah. The Bedford Rotary is heavily involved. Yeah, in yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I know. I see um, Phil, you see quite often there. Yeah. Jane as well, quite often there. I'm telling you, it's, it's so much fun. It's yeah. so much fun. That's great. Hey, and uh, I love the cooks. Tone, you're in the know. Who's our next mayor? Oh, I say it. Oh, say it. Not me. <laughs> Is this going to drop like here? Day drinking with with? Uh, no, I, I, I would hope. That's why I was trying to get it out of here. <laughs> Listen, I have no. Because I would promote the shit out of it. The ground. I have no idea. Uh, you know, I wish the mayor. Uh, you know, I've heard. I've heard. Luck. But this is all I've heard. I'm not naming names, but I've heard whoever that does take over, whether it's not the correct succession. You know what I mean? Like I believe, like Phil Vitro might be like if. If Ben passed away or something, he'd be in line. Hmm. I could be wrong, but somebody like that. Um, but I heard whoever they have, they want that person to obviously run again in, in, in the fall and kind of keep that line going. Uh, it's kind of what I heard. To live in town to be mayor? You don't have to live in town to do anything, apparently, or in the state. Because if not, Tony can run. No. No, no. I, I, I give back to the community. I don't want uh, Imagine Tony Mayer. Oh. I'd love to see the books. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> at St. Hey, Patty's Day Parade, it'd be a float of him coming down. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll change it to the Italian festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, It'll be the Italian festival. St. Gennaro's in St. Anthony's in Milford. Look at that. <laughs> so you got no, you got no inkling? No. Can you tell me off air? I absolutely You're in the know, dude. I don't. Hey, he probably got his dude's house lined up. Can I ask you a question? The, we're on air. We the sign's not on. Yeah, because uh, the thing fucking burns out and that's going to start a fire. spend the money on us. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. plugged in. Yeah, it's not plugged in. Maybe yeah. we should do a barrels for a cause for day drinking with dogs. So Listen, so, so Jeff from Shotdown <laughs> is like, he wants to do a fundraiser for my show. Who does? Jeff from Shotdown. Can we ask Jeff to maybe support these great causes? No, he, oh, he does it all the time. <laughs> all right. He does breast cancer. Got he, he does. He's very Coleman. involved with the breast cancer. Yep, yep. 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 You know, locally we have uh, Betsy uh, Nyland, right? Yeah. Who does the? Yeah. Uh, she has her whole foundation oh, yeah. that's uh, focused on um, breast cancer. But go, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying. Like he was, we were kind of joking about it. Yeah. But I, you know, I do give a lot of shit away. And in the beginning, I was using Are my own money. Huh? Are we getting some today? You got half we a bottle. Get, I got some. <laughs> Would you like to? I have party gifts. Oh, I have party gifts. Oh, Rob. You don't even play my piece contest. Are you going to come to the event? Are you going to come? For, next, for the night? Yeah. I, I, I think I am. Oh. I, I haven't. I oh, Literally, I just got the date today. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I, I, I do. I just, he just found out the date today. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> Well, no, I knew what we were talking about. I just wasn't sure of the date of it because he told me this last March yeah. was happening, and you better be ready. Here. Last uh, March, so a year, a year later, here we are. We might have to do a fundraiser for the new microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Good thing. Uh, is there a video? There is. And he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was saying to you, you were the one drinking and before the show, and he yeah, fucking yeah. came in and spilled it yeah. everywhere. Well, I did, I did work through. It's funny. I did have to drink, actually. It is part of the job today. Yeah. Uh, I had wonderful American single malt whiskey come through, mm. and it's very exciting news, news in my world. Y- y- y'all may not care that much, but it's uh, American single malt whiskey. Single malt whiskeys have now created their own category. Do they taste like, like scotch? So, it, no. no. I would say no. no. Um, I'm just curious. But they, they, they set basically what the rules are very similar to there's rules for scotch there's right. rules for bourbon there's rules for uh, not just territorial Correct. there's actually ways to make it yeah it's what, what, what's going to enter the barrel at what can come off the still at what proof you know what can you use can you add food coloring how long does it have to rest in the barrel all these kind of things so today I had a, a woman um, come in from Westward Westland whiskeys, which is a new kind of frontier of American spirits, of American craft single malt whiskeys, out of Oregon. Actually. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So they um, they had some really cool stuff sidebar, but uh, so yes, I did have promote, to drink. Promote away, buddy. I did have to drink today, but I sip uh, less than half an ounce to stay in compliance. And um, then we, uh, you know, we take our notes and we go from there. So stay tuned, everybody. Tony, Tony, you know how you know how your doctor was telling you were asking, you know, well, you got to drink, you know, right. whatever. So, so my doctor, I go to. No oh boy, he he, you know, he goes for the physical every year or two years, whatever it is, and he knows I drink. He knows I have this show. He listens to it all the time, and he's like, "Do you drink on every show?" I said, "No." I mean, eighty percent of them, but whatever. He goes, he goes. Well, what do you do? Like, how? What do you drink when you go out? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, like, how many? I'm like, I don't know. If I'm out with camp, probably six and six. I'll go home. He's like, six and six. The fuck's that? Like six claws, six shots of Jameson. His jaw like drops on the floor. He's like, what? If I had that, I, I go, well, yeah, you're fucking, you don't drink. It's called being a professional. Yeah, I'm a professional. I go, a heavy night, like at the casino? Oh, that's 10 and 10 until I go upstairs and pass out. He's like, Jer, Jer. Well, we all know the casino rules. You got to drink what you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the nonprofit world, when it's like, how many hours of sleep can you get that night? Like, yeah. There's like a whole different game happening, a whole set of math so happening. <laughs> that is how I'm like... Yes, I need at least eight. <laughs> I was well. I, I was just up, you know, in New York, and I was with my girlfriend, her son, and her and my girlfriend's parents, and they had a nice little Airbnb, and there was like a golf course on property, and they had a little bar there. Hence why you only played four holes. Uh, well, it wasn't open. I could, I could, no, yeah. Well, it was fucking cold and windy, <laughs> and I had one club. Yeah, what, <laughs> so, what club did you use? Sand wedge. Oh wow. Yeah, you just turned it. You just turned it. was a sand wedge. Yeah, well, I didn't know if there'd be snow on the ground, so I didn't want to bring my whole set. And yeah. I figured I knew I was on a green, so I just like chip on and yeah. practice. But I ended up playing four holes. So there's a little bar there, and they, you know, it's a little clubhouse bar, and they're serving. There was a bartender actually offered him a job at Stonebridge. Oh really? He called me today or texted me and said, "I'm driving down in two weeks. I want to check it out." This dude, like, was uh, somebody told me that you got to try his uh, old fashioned. So we're there, and this dude was took so much pride in his drinks, and he's a little bit of a stoner dude. Really nice guy. Twenty twenty three. So Everywhere. so so I went so I went to Camp's house today. We're dropping him off something, and I said, "Yeah, that because he had been there before I was." And I go, "Yeah, you know, this guy was really nice, offering him a job. He's kind of like one of those gypsy bartenders. He'll go anywhere." And yeah. said, "Seasonal, you know, find a find a room to rent for the summer, and I'll give you a job." You know, yeah. I go. Camp goes, "Well, he can make a really good drink." I go, "I know." I go, "I don't know how fast he is to work at Stonebridge, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but, but we'll find out when well, it gets here." We stick him on the inside bar. Yeah, we're just but, giving the booth with the. 
pop the can. Yeah. Oh, the can of pre Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but moral the the moral of the story was I'm there and the whole family's in bed. It's nine o'clock, you know. <laughs> so and this bar has nobody in it because it's a golf course bar that's not even open. Off season, right. yeah, yeah, off season. Right. And me and him just sat there, and he made me like you know three and three. <laughs> I did. And I only had to walk home. It literally, the house was like next door to this thing. The house was like this huge mansion. It was awesome. So that's it. It's White Claw and James. So it used. To, so yes, I, I've changed up my ways. Is it used? I used to drink Tito's. And soda. So back in the days when I used to go to Seven Seas, when Mike worked there, uh, I would get I would get Tito's and sodas, and then we'd do shots. But like, you can't measure Tito's and sodas like in your head because he could be overpouring. It could be like two, three shots of fucking Tito's in that drink. But I know I got my claw. And I know I got my shot. I know what I'm at. That's a veteran move. Yeah, I've learned that over the years. Doc. Don't worry. Yeah. Veteran. <laughs> I shots, so I know exactly how much. I'm but I get my test run every year. My blood work is like, you're good, man. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I definitely need to slow down drinking. I started a podcast surrounding the fucking event. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I know I can take breaks. I take breaks all the time. Well, we have a changing of the guard today. You have the new White Claw Vodka. I have a seltzer right here. I'm actually doing a whole show about it. Are you uh, really? Yeah. These are the new... Uh, I'll have to have you come back for that one. White Claw uh, Vodka Soda. So these are rivaling High Noons. Yes. So the regular White Claw is basically a malt liquor, you know, mm-hmm. malt beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, like Old English malt. Yeah. yeah. Not quite like that. <laughs> more like uh, more like Quote 45. Private <laughs> <laughs> So this is the pineapple one, if you don't yeah. see that. Yes. Uh, What's, I the really... What's the live review? I haven't heard a live review. Because you are a White Claw pro. I am. Everybody knows you. White Claw, Black Cherry. I'm just going to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, mm, it was the greatest thing I ever had. However, I'll put it to you like this. I will no longer be bl- drinking White Claw, Black Cherries because wow. Wow. these, wow. they have four flavors, pineapple, peach, wild, wild cherry, and watermelon. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what, can't, like I, I brought them, it's like Mike from White Claw dropped me off three cases the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I brought two up to New York, and only like a eight pack came home. So I mean, I, I wasn't the only one drinking them. Every, yeah. Everyone liked them too. But uh, so there's a new. They're one. really good. They're not as carbonated as like a white claw is. White claws like maybe burp, and you get a little full on them. These are these are nice. They're so really there's nice. a new uh, entry into the market. Uh, truly, also yeah. Oh yeah, Vodka yeah. They suck. Based. They suck. Uh, I, okay. All right. Well, you know, teaches them. <laughs> Well, words out, everybody. However, they are on sale at Wines and More. I want you, like, if, if you were the poster child for, like, White Claw, I'd drink White Claw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I've been told that I'm yes. the poster child for White Claw, and yeah, like, oh, yeah? I do not drink White Claw. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know what, what really got me on it? Like, so Stonebridge, Ashley, and, and the guys from White Claw. Oh, we're going to get a White Claw. I love this. This no, should so, White Claw. So, I mean, so Stonebridge was. If White Claw were to do a documentary about their company, Stonebridge would be in it because we were the first uh, restaurant bar in Connecticut to carry it. I don't think the country, but Connecticut. Mm. And the first couple summers, we kind of laughed it off. They weren't out. This is this is going. This would be now seven years ago. About 2014, 15, right? <sighs> a little later. 16, 16 I think. Yeah. yeah. And what happened was is the first... Towards the end of the second summer, we were starting to sell it. And then the third summer, for whatever reason, it caught fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we couldn't keep it in stock. The fourth summer, the fifth, like right before COVID hit, I mean, it was crazy. And I heard stories of high trucks coming to you. Oh, restaurant. yeah. We would, we would just get, white claw yep, black cherry. Yep. We'd order <laughs> 500, 500 cases at a time. It's wow. amazing. 
and then uh, then uh, uh, high noons came along. And that, that niched into their market a little bit. That's more than niche. So high noon. No, 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 no. At the time. Oh yeah. Now it's now it's now it's it's overtaken White Claw at Stormbridge. That's yes. But I think this product could uh, could bring All it back right. a little bit. That is a ringing endorsement. I saw. I feel a sponsorship coming. Mike from White Claw. They won't. I talk too much politics. They won't sponsor. Uh, All right. Do you know that White Claw kicked my brother off of uh, Facebook? My brother, my brother, what my brother does on a side job—that would be Zuck. Is he he takes he takes the t- lids off and he fills it with soy wax and he makes candles out of it. Oh, and he really? sells them on Instagram. Yeah. So he did a what he did. He's done everything. Every fucking bottle can you can imagine. Does he White have Claw. Does White, he have an Etsy shop? What, can maybe? Yeah. Take something. A look at? So White Claw saw it and fucking put a cease and desist and had Zuckerberg take him off of Facebook. Ooh. My brother's so mad. I do fight <laughs> to White Claw all the time. Like, oh, they're giving me a lot of. Well, product. he sees like all the stuff that like all the cans like going into the trash or recycling. He's like, these these can be reused. Yes. That's right. Like, well, my thing is like, my brother actually, you know, he buys the product. What I'm saying, he buys the product. He drinks that product, right. and then he resells it with your name on it. Correct. Like, what, what's wrong with that? I mean, I guess there's legality. You need, a, you need a lawyer and your brother on this podcast at the same time talk about the legality of that. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he, lives, he's, he wants to come on, but now he's mad at White Claw. He's listening. He's going to be listening right now. <laughs> I don't no. know your brother's name, but... His name's Justin. I support you, He's Justin. a good dude. He's a I good support dude. you in your Etsy shop. He has a lot of stuff. Yeah. I see these shops all over the place. Though. I love that he's They're like everywhere. a candle maker too. Like, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? In downtown, that, that whole market that yeah. this town has established with the farmers markets and no, yeah. and all those little shops, it's yeah. it's a robust little industry. I, I wouldn't even say it's little at this point. It is everywhere. Artisans, yeah, it's absolutely. an entire. Uh, it's a real uh, number to be That's, made. That's um, uh, Milford Arts Council and a lot of other like another art. wonderful organization. Yeah. In town. yeah. Yeah, they they are terrific. Um, they do so much really great work. I don't know if you the ever Mac, talked the to Mac. Them. Mac. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had them on yet. No, we should make it happen. Yeah. Paige, will, Paige will be a Paige wonderful guest for yeah. you. Yeah, I wa- yeah. I actually I, cool I thought about this a while ago, but I wanted to do a because West Haven does it, and I was a roaster for it, and I bombed. Oh. Did you? I, I heard bombed. the lead up. I never heard the roast. Oh uh, well, I didn't really. I didn't bomb, but I got heckled like halfway through yeah. by a drunk West Havenite. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you go to the stage? On Just one I, after that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? They they all. I was the only Milford person there. Yeah. And they were all making fun of me for yeah. being the only Milford person yeah. there. So when I got up on yeah. stage and I looked at the crowd of 150 people that were all over the age of 65, <laughs> staring at me, I'm like, this is I, this is not going to work. Like, what is the context around it's, this? It's, like, so, so my friend, my friend got. He's a, he was bartender of the year for West Haven, and okay. got, and there was a roast right. for him. The guy from Rams. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah Mike Doran. Mike yeah, Doran. Yeah. Uh, I think my really good friend must have been there. Oh, oh we'll have to leave her out of this. Thing. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no door. Yeah, no, no, no. no, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Tony says, uh, "I got a guy." Yeah. My my, my friend. Jesus. Long story short, I, I literally when I walked in the building, I knew this wasn't going to work. Like Where when was I it had at cello. No, uh, no, it was at the freaking American Legion or whatever. Okay. Was, yeah. yeah, I've been there for other things. And uh, it was an open bar. I believe people tailgated for this freaking thing. So everyone <laughs> is bombed. Now, I have, uh, I'm have. i sure you've never listened to this show, but I talk a lot about my own anxiety. Oh. Uh, I have a lot of it. And I started getting really anxious when I looked at the crowd. I'm like, I almost like backed out. But I'm like, you know, I got enough fortitude. I'm like, no, nah, let me go. I'm not like Tony at the freaking Ray Watson tournament. You know, like oh. give this guy a oh. mic and he's fucking... Arrows. He can't take the mic out of his hands. <laughs> No, about public speaking, and I got up there and I did. A, I had a couple good laughs in the beginning, making fun of my friends that I knew were in the audience, 
And then what kind of happened was is I was doing this spiel because Mike had just broken up with his girlfriend. And I was doing this thing about online dating. And his girlfriend showed up. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> or his ex-girlfriend. And I'm like, I don't even want to go through with this. And then all of a sudden, this dude just started like screaming at me. Get off the fucking stage. And I'm like, am I being heckled right now? And then he approached the stage, and then people got up, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> is it going down right now? So I just grabbed the mic bags, and I milfered out, and I just dropped the mic, and I walked off the stage. And I'm like, and we went back to Randall's after, and everyone was like, yeah, dude, that dude was bombed. Like, wow. I'm like, yeah, no So is that something that you'd the like to... No, no, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, right, is that something yeah. you want to revisit? No, what, no, what I'm thinking about, and I, I thought about the Max Center, was I want to do a day drinking with dog, a yearly... Roast of of Milford bartender. Hmm. I wonder what Paige would think about that. I think that she would enjoy it. Right? I we mean, open all arts, right? Yeah, comedy is art, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, well, think, I mean, yeah. I know, I know they do like, I know they do birthday parties and retirement parties up there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so this would be renting out the space. Um, you know, I, you know, the connections we all have, we can get a band. Sure. And did we all just get put in? All sweet? Did you? Leave? Sure. All right, well, we're in. All right, dude. Well, well, one. I can't reach the door. <laughs> you can't fit. Out the door. <laughs> <laughs> one, one core, core. <laughs> Of course, stay on focus. We're almost done. Sorry. One thing would be obviously everything would go to a charity. Like mm-hmm. it would be a ticketed event. Yeah. And everything would go to. If you want to go to YouTube, guys, that'd be awesome. I don't. I don't care. Uh, but that, another event in the making. But uh, yeah. you know, we'd nominate a guy every year, or maybe three people. Have people vote online. Who would I be? I think it? that's a great idea. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like the, the. I don't know like, if I'd make it a roast, but it'd be a comedy a event. Though, I think you know? like the the a roast. You know, you just you don't get them enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you look forward to them. You don't get them enough. Yeah, right. So, so that, and then this is like a redemption story. Like all, all. Well, I'll MC it, but I won't be a roaster. Yeah. But I'll. St- so you know John Romanoff. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So he went after I did, and thank God he did because like, he just fucking he control the room. Like, like he killed these from what state? Yeah, of course. Actually, yeah. And he made fun of me. He's like, "Wow, that was a little long-winded, huh, buddy?" You know, I'm just like, "I didn't want to be up there," you know. And uh, I asked him to come on the show. He said he will. I just haven't, you know, finalized the date or we really reached out to him because whatever. Uh, but I think uh, I think I would have someone like him coach me, you know, uh, help me with jokes. Uh, and I all think that. you. I do well sitting here, being a host, but when I'm on nailed, stage, you know, it's yeah. a little different. You yeah, know? A little I different. feel like yeah. He was a part of a comedy show that the Rape Crisis did several years. Oh, ago. was he? Yeah, it was really nice. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really he really is really is funny. So. Um, I love it. I think you should do that. Really? Yeah. No. I, I, it's it's a lot of organization, but I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it. I definitely want a little, uh, you know, two or thir- three person committee, and uh, we'll try to hammer out everything. Oh, I see what this was now. <laughs> I've been around. With, uh, do you know the only thing I want you to do? To know that the only thing in. the only thing I want you to do. Is to convince Campy to be the first roast, uh, <laughs> and I think Tony you should get uh, on that. Do you know how long this line is in this town? I feel like I've already got roast all day. <laughs> you want to do it again? No, Tony would be a roaster. No, 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 no. no, no, no my, the guy I work with, uh, he he hates shit like that, but. <laughs> He's, he's worked this. Th- I worked there for twenty three years. He's on twenty four, and uh, he'd be the great first person to it's kick amazing. off this event. Yeah, you've, I heard you on a recent podcast talk about your time there, and I mean we we've lived in town. I don't know how long you've been Eight in years. town. Yeah, so we first connected on Epic, that young yeah. professional group. Um, but it actually works because we're like it could have been something. Back. It could have been more. It's okay. So um, <laughs> it's okay. We'll work on it. We'll get. We'll bring we something like that back. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> Good thing he's still the other half. <laughs> but um, I heard you talking about that, and you know, I was just in there Sunday, and it's, it's amazing to see 
a little business grew from a little business into what that right. is. You know, locally and uh, it's uh, I'm. I'm grateful to have it there. Right, like I used a little fish market on the corner. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I grew up in town. I remember sitting in the line picture's still father. inside. Well, now it's a chalk yeah. drawing, but yeah. 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 Unbelievable. You know, we do events there all the time. Yeah. Now, and no, you guys are well represented there. Yeah. And we used to pull in when they. Tony comes like once every three months for dinner. As yeah. As much as I see. Well, we do wine dinners there all the time. We're unless Richie, unless Richie invites him for you know the cop luncheon that yeah. he doesn't have to pay oh, for. Oh, can I do shameless plug? We're talking Bourbon on the bridge, Jen. Bourbon on the bridge. Hey Phil, I don't know if you've confirmed this, but Bourbon on the bridge. <laughs> Check it out. All right, last plug. Go for it. No, that's it. I have bourbon on the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Well, send the date. What's the date? At, uh, May 11th. All right, so it, stay tuned. It's, it's a little uh, on the bridge. No. Uh, wines and more whiskey social. Sorry. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. So the easiest thing to do is just sit around, but I like working on things that are out. So, you yeah. know, I booked out through June with events. And uh, bourbon on the bridge just got confirmed with... With John and Phil over there, yeah, and nice. uh, it's going to be a fun night. Whiskey social, some music, some cigars, and little. Uh, little Richie been out. Richie and his family have been around here for a million years. He's he's a generous guy. Helps out all the organizations. Yeah, you know, always, always. It's amazing. And I traveled on vacation with him a couple of times too. Have you? Oh yeah, oh, to Italy to the family. Oh, we went to Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have Paddington Bear here. So, you have not got oh, the Paddington Bear yet. Yeah, yeah, speaking of overseas, overseas. <laughs> there he is. There he is, Paddington right, Bear. Uh, uh, Jan, thank you very much for adding to my little uh, collection it's here. Booze, of, uh, it's on Jersey. I love is- Tony, Tony brought me nothing. He brought booze. You brought a Paddington Bear. Tony brought nothing. Tony barely fit in the fucking room with his big head. This is 23 years of you busting my balls and still <laughs> Explain the bear real quick yeah, and then we'll, we'll so, wrap this up. Um, so we do a lot of work with the Connecticut Coalition on Homelessness um, yep. and they have a program called Be Homeful, which does a lot of like similar yeah. um, uh, work that, that Tony was explaining, which is talking about social issues like homelessness to kids um, uh, K through 12 and so we do this through the Be Homeful campaign and Paddington Bear is the official sponsor of that because he was a little homeless bear Aww. and he found a family. So. Nice. And it's, it says on it, please look after this bear. Thank you. Now I feel like I, I've got some responsibility. I know. Involved, so I don't That's a problem. Well, I, I think I should not leave him on this one. <laughs> not with Corey. For all the booze. Yeah, yeah, probably probably put one him one there the next to my good friend from high school, Amy Abraham. There you go. Her with her book. Yes, Amy's very nice. Yeah, we uh, we had uh, we had lockers next to each other in high school. Amy and I. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard her on the pod. Great pod, Amy. <laughs> so can um, did she talk to you in high school? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she was forced to because I was uh, a football player. She was a cheerleader, so she had to deal with us. Uh, oh no. shit! <laughs> <laughs> Little football plug there, huh? Ah, many moons. Many yeah. Moons. All right, so what a great show, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank it you. Is, uh, the best. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Uh, yeah, I hope we didn't bust your balls too much. No, I did. I did. Well, <laughs> I won the lunch and I, I, I think you knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zip up the yellow oil. Right? Yeah, yeah, I got a little yeah, oil. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lunch tonight. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, very nice to meet you. Uh, you look familiar, so I think I've seen you before, probably somewhere around yeah, town. Yeah, no around town. Oh, you're on the scooter. I've got a little electric scooter around town. All right, well, send me a honk in the summer when you come around Stonebridge. Or obviously, feel free to stop in and uh, say hello, uh, Corey. 
Yeah, come Corey. see me. Come down. Corey, uh, I, don't do douche, I don't do douche of the week anymore. But I know, if I, I were to, it would be LeBron James yet again. Always LeBron. Always LeBron James. Always uh, LeBron. He begged the commissioner this weekend to have them no. honor him at halftime for his Terrible. scoring title. Like, Terrible. dude, come on, dude. Terrible. Anyway, that's LeBron. But I you do him. need a Jordan jersey in here. You guys can't see it on the pod, but he's got... Uh, oh, yeah, they, they seem behind me. Okay, so yeah. he's got some legends, but I mean... You, I, I, I love it. You MJ. could use a 23 up there. I could. You know. I could. Maybe I'll All right, help me out. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah. I'll do a fundraiser for it. Is it autographs? It's probably cost 10 grand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last time, uh, plug what the event Jesus is. Christ. Oh, yeah. For the event, yes. You're fucking store now. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm good. I actually I was hoping. <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of talking. Maybe uh, Jenna Tone can be the last one. Let's, no, let's, let's, no, let's have Tone wrap it up, and then Jen can give you the final word. There you go. All right. So, folks, thank you to Jeremy today. And, Not a problem. Uh, and Corey. But please, uh, go online, buy yourself a ticket, come have a great time. We want everybody to have a great time. Sorry, is there an actual website they can go to the buy There is. Uh, the, our flyers are out there. You can go to rapecrisiscenterofmilford.org. Okay. Uh, there's a QR code. We've put it out. Um, so please go on, buy yourself a ticket, or just call the center or call the Bethel Center. Uh, we'll, we'll steer you in the right direction. We'll post a link. Uh, we'll post yeah, a link. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll post a link. Uh, when awesome. I post Thank you very much. And uh, we really want you to come out and have a good time, support the organizations. They're two very important organizations that are, are well needed in all our communities. And uh, we have great staff in both locations, and we're there for people. And we're and our, our motto there at Great Crisis, we're here to listen. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're there for. So Excellent. thank you. And I hope to see you March 9th at Stop Up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Thank you. You know that. And bring this guy. Yeah. Oh, this guy? Paddington. Oh, Paddington? Oh, yeah, he's coming. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, all right, Jen, the floor is yours. Finish this up. I mean, what do you say? Thank oh, you, Tony, on. for, for um, plugging the event. Um, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity to come together as a community to drink delicious bourbon to support so many different um, small businesses and, and organizations, particularly the Right Crisis and the Bethel Center. Um, I, I think that if it's, like, really successful... We can have it going forward, um, which wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? So, um, so even if you're slightly interested, check us out, um, and um, we hope to see everybody there. It'd be a good night. Yeah, and a hundred bucks is nothing, people. It's all going to a good cause. You're actually going to come home with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you get yeah, that. And, and like you said, the event itself, uh, you're going to come home with good memories and, uh, and a lot of laughs. A lot of yeah. Tony's there. To- I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Tony's going to. That'll be our first roast, apparently. Tony's going to pull me in the corner. We're going to rip a shot of something like VO, and then he's going to grab the mic, and then it's all over after that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Corey, Jennifer, thanks so much. Thank uh, good luck with the event. I will be there with thanks you guys, and uh, we'll have a great time. Uh, everyone, uh, take care. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You got it.